Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. My whole heart's desire is to see God move in grace ways. I don't know what it takes for you to have that happen, but you know, to me, do whatever it takes, you know, do whatever it takes. Uh, I got a prophetic word on me this morning that was just so, I got to go home and even just kind of meditate on it. It was so prophetic. Wow. You know, and it it came like, just like kind of out of nowhere, you know, like we were just standing there praying for each other. And all of a sudden this person just said, I got something for you, you know, and and of course broke what we were doing. See, that's why I don't like routine sometimes because in routine, we're afraid to break it. But God, you know, when he comes, he's timeless. Yeah. So when he comes into time, he disturbs it. Can I get an amen? Okay. So walking in the miraculous. Last week, we kind of talked about um, what a miracle was. And that is a miracle is the spirit of God coming into the natural to reveal the eternal. It's the spirit of God coming into the natural world to reveal the kingdom of God, to show you that there's more than what you see, the more, more than what you, you know, can do, you know, and more than what you feel. There's something supernatural. And so that's what a miracle is. And God has more than just the miracle in mind. When God does a miracle in your life, what he's trying to do with you is you're saying, well, I want to get healed. Yeah, he'll do that. But what he really wants to do is he wants to heal your image of him. He wants to heal your image of who he is. He wants to make you to understand really what he is and who he is. And so he wants to do that. And last week we talked also that one of the things that he likes to do is he likes to take lies out of our lives. He loves us too much to cause us to live in lies and, and, and how to do that. Now, if you want to know about that, just go see the, the podcast. And so uh, he brings us to a point of desperation. And in First, First Samuel chapter 4, uh, verse 19 and 22, it just shows the end of the story after the Israelites have been, uh, have been defeated. The woman names her baby Ichabod, which means the glory of God has departed. And so she sees, you know, uh, we, she sees because of all the death and the defeat and the loss of the, of the ark of God, uh, she sees that as, as God's left them. And there's some things that I, oh, here's my question. It's a very simple question. How many of you, when you were kids, say you were five years old, you know, and you were playing, you were having fun at home, you were playing with your toys, how many of you consciously thought about your father working in another place, making money so that he could feed you? No. How many of you, when you were playing with your toys and you were just roaming around the room and you were laughing with your brothers and sisters or just playing with your friends outside, were thinking about how your mom was spending all that time putting a meal together to feed you? No. See, a lot of times we don't realize that there's something or someone working for us while we're doing something else. And see, what's happening here in this story in, 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 uh, in 1 Samuel is that the Israelites have been defeated. They even lost the ark, and they're sitting there, and they're thinking, God has left them. God is not working for them 
anymore. Well, that can be no further. Not realize it. Even though you might be in pain, thinking he's left, or you're having fun, God is doing something. And in this passage, in chapter 4, we see the defeat, right? But here's the first truth. What you can be, can be sure of, that when, when God's people are beaten up, God goes into the enemy's camp. You understand what's happening here? When you are getting beat up, when, when, when you, are, you feel like everything is against you, you know, and you've been like, say, you know, just beat up by the evil one, guess what God does? God says, you know what? I don't like what's happening. I'm going into the enemy's camp, and I'm going to do something about it. You see, that's what parents do if they're any good. If parents are any good, you know, someone beats up their kid, what's the first thing they do? They go to the other family. Hey, your kid's beating up. No more messing with my kid. Don't be messing with my kid. Right? That's what you do. Right? And so you can know that when, when, you are, when you are, if you are getting beaten up and you're feeling like you're at a loss or you're sick and you're getting beat up physically by the sickness, guaranteed God's going in the enemy camp and doing something about it. And that's what we see in chapter 5. If you've read it all, we're in first, first, uh, I told you last week, 1 Samuel chapter 4, 5, 6, and 7. That's where we're going to hang out. And so in chapter 4, they got beat up. In chapter 5, it shows what God is doing in the enemy's camp. You see, they took the ark. The enemy said, hey, we captured the ark. They think, they go, we got God. We got God's, you know, uh, thing. And we're, we've got his, we got his ark, and we're going to bring him into, uh, you know, the, 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 our camp. And we are trying. Guess what? They don't have God. God has them. That's the whole thing. God has them. They think they got God. God has them. God's like, oh, really? Thank you for welcoming me into your camp. Yes, I love to stand next to it because then what they do is they put it and they put it up next to the uh, Dagon, their God. They put, you know, and so by the way, just so you know, the ark wasn't, you know, the ark is here and Dagon's here. Looks a lot bigger. Looks a lot bigger. And they say, we got him. We're bigger than him. We're stronger than him. We've done everything. We're all set. God's like, thank you for welcoming me in. I'm going to give you a freebie here. A, an object cannot... Um, Two objects cannot um, stay in the same spot. They cannot occupy the same spot. The presence of God cannot stay in the place of evil. And the presence of God doesn't leave. The presence of God does what it always does. It triumphs. Light always expels darkness. And so when the presence of God comes into darkness, guess what must leave? Yeah, it's not the other way around. You know, you think sometimes you, oh, never mind. I got, I got only a few minutes. I'm going to stay on my points. If you ever want to know that next point, come see me and I will tell you another deep truth that I would give you for free, but I don't have time because I want to go back into prayer. So the first truth is that when you are beaten, getting beaten up, if you are getting, if you are God's people and you feel like you're getting beat, beat up, know that God's going into the camp to do something about that. He's going into the enemy camp. Second truth that happens a lot of times is when God's people are being beaten up, they often forget his promises. They often forget his promises. What did God promise Israel? That they would be the nation that would bless the whole world. God promised them that they would be a blessing to the whole earth. That he would make for himself a people. 
and they would, he would be their God and they would be his. His promises don't fade. His promises haven't left. You know, and don't forget his promises because that's what happens a lot of times when you're getting beaten up. You forget his promises. But trust me, his promise that he gave you yesterday is as, is as valid today as it is tomorrow and he will bring it to pass because it doesn't depend on you. Can I get an amen? His promise doesn't depend on you. His promise depends on him. And he's pretty dependable. He's very dependable. As a matter of fact, he's not only dependable. He cares greatly for his word. Like, I'm not talking about the Bible. That's good too. But what I mean is, when he says something, his character is on the line. His, his reputation is on the line. And he is never loses. So he never loses. He, he, never, he never stops what his word says he'll do. So don't forget his promises. Now, one other thing, when you're getting beaten up, one of the things that I want you to remember is, is if that's why it's good to build a memorial. What do I mean by that? Well, I'll just tell you one quick story and then I'm going to go over about two minutes. That's all I need. Okay. Because you need the next truth before we pray. And that's this. My, 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 my younger daughter, uh, I, um, I shouldn't have told who it was, but it's okay, too late now. So anyways, uh, she was praying. She was praying. Uh, I'm going to get in trouble by some of you conservatives, so oh well, life is rough, and then you just do what you do. And so she was praying, and she was getting mad at God because she wanted to know if God was actually hearing her prayer. And so she started shouting at God. She's like me. She starts shouting at God. And she's, God, if you're there. And she was driving in her car. And uh, she was driving in her car. It was a spring day, kind of like today. You know, she had the windows open. She's driving along. And she started yelling at God. And she said, God, if you're really there, I, want, I need proof. I need proof that you hear my prayer. I want proof, God. So, God, if you're real, show me a feather. Show me a feather. So she stops at an intersection and in the window, a feather, just go like this. In the window of her car, a feather floats in and out the other side. Now, come on. What is the chances of that happening at that very moment? She was all excited and she told me what happened and she said to me, she said, Dad, so I want to get a tattoo with a feather, a feather tattoo. And I said, you go right ahead. If it reminds you that God spoke to you, you put that feather on your body and it never will, you'll never forget that God spoke to you. See, because in times of difficulty, in times of struggle, when you don't think God is hearing you, if you haven't, I'm not telling you a tattoo, if you haven't, if you haven't built a memorial, something to remember that event by, you will forget it in the time of trouble and all you'll think about is trouble. And you won't say, wait a minute. Why do you think the Psalms are filled, are filled with, and God opened up the water, the Red Sea, and we went through, and, 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 the, and the enemies were, were, uh, were uh, drowned in the Red Sea. And then they built a rock memorial at the other side. Why? To remind them. Even in this story, in chapter 7, they build a stone place and said, we have driven the Philistines out this far. See, Build a memorial that reminds you of the promises of what he's done in the past so that when you're in trouble, he will help you through it. Can I get an amen? Okay. 
The final truth I will do in two minutes. I have four other truths, but life is rough and I really want to pray. When the, when the, when the, when the, uh, the uh, ark went into this place, this temple of another god. They placed the ark there, and the next day, that god fell down. And it shows that, you know, God is more powerful than, God is always more powerful than any other god. Can I get an amen? Okay. And then what did they do? They put it back up, and then the next day it fell down again. And when I was reading this, this is the truth. As I was studying, I heard another guy say it. It just kept going in my mind. I couldn't help it. What, do you, what, what happens a lot of times is we've got things against us. And I want to tell you right now, don't put back up what God has brought down. Don't rebuild that which God has destroyed. Let me say it a better way. Don't crucify what God has resurrected and don't resurrect what God has put to death. What am I talking about? This is like the deepest truth here. You've got to get this and then you can pray. What do I mean when he said, don't resurrect what God has put to death? What has God put to death? The sinful nature. Don't resurrect it. What has he destroyed? The old nature in you. Don't build it back up. What has he, he destroyed? He's destroyed sin and sickness. Why are you building sickness back up? See, if you keep staring at sickness and you keep thinking about the things that you know, you're sick about it, or you're worried about or you've got financial difficulty, you keep rebuilding that problem in front of God. And guess what you're doing? That's, the, that's what the word magnify means. Let us magnify the Lord. Let us not magnify our problem. Let's stop magnifying the Lord. The Lord said he has put to death sickness and disease. The Lord said that he has put to death all your past, all your sins. They're all dead. They're crucified. Stop thinking about them. Stop uh, giving them any kind of time in your mind. They, they're dead. God has destroyed them. Why rebuild them? Why give them life when God said you're, they're dead? Can I get an amen? So stop letting your mind dwell on those things and dwell on things that are good, are pure, are holy, are a good report. Amen? And then, thank you guys, because I'll never stop. <laughs> what God has crucified, uh, don't resurrect. Okay? And what God has resurrected, don't put to death. What has he resurrected? access to his throne what has he resurrected he opened up heavens and said we can enter in he said heaven will come down what has he what has he brought back to life a perfect relationship that when you call he answers when he when he speaks you listen and you can hear you can hear his voice now, and he can hear your voice now. He has opened up a new relationship with you. Do not put that back. Don't, don't destroy that. Don't, don't say, well, I'm no good. I'm worthless. I'm... No. No. None of that. Because that's his promise. That's what he resurrected. He resurrected access. He, you know what access you have? He said he opened up heavens for you. Guess what's in heaven? The tree of healings for the nation. If anybody is sick, they can take the leaves off the tree. That's what it says. And they can, they can, I guess, rub it on them. I don't know what you do. And they will be well. 
don't, don't put that to death. Don't think God can't do it. Okay? Don't think God can't do that. Because I know he can. He's opened up access for us to be able to understand him better and better every day. Now, I've given you a 15-minute sermon. I'm going to stop here because I want us to continue to pray. Because with those truths, if you need a miracle today, and I, 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 don't, I don't do this all the time, but this is the month. We want to pray for miracles. We want to pray for miracles. And we want to see what God will do. Last verse, and then I'll shut up. Probably not. They then, excuse me, then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run, uh, run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and it will not delay. Just because you pray for something and you don't see it does not mean God is not at work in the enemy's camp. Trust. Because in the end, in this story, in chapter 7, and we're going to talk about it in a couple of weeks, you see the victory come. And God gives them the formula for victory. And God always gives a formula for victory. And God is, maybe you don't see it right today, but God will give you a formula and you will see it happen. You know? You either, 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 one way or another, you will see God move in your life. So if you have a miracle today, I'm going to ask us, ask us to stand. And we're going to spend some more time in prayer, seeking his face, probably another 10 minutes or so, 10, 15 minutes. We're just going to let this team go. Yes, if you wanted more, meditate on what I gave you. Trust me, it's enough. I want to see God move. It's my heart's desire.